0: Life good. Never off. Whoa. Hard. Hardly yes. Come on, Rantz. Life good. Got real close. hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Oh, have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes, they have.
1: Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hi. So I think the pressing question that everybody wants to know is: Are you in one piece? After you mentioned last night that you were going axe
0: throwing today, Sean. Not only am I in one piece, but I am the axe throwing champion. So what does that mean? I didn't well, know it was a comp. I didn't know it was a competition. So a lot of these uh, axe throwing events are big groups of people. Uh, I was just going with one other person, and we decided to sign up for the public game but nobody else showed up so essentially it was the two of us against each other close fight down to the end but i managed to pull it off and i i'm now an axe throwing champion i might even join a league okay it so was really
1: fun you enjoyed
0: yourself yeah i did yeah uh it was a little tough at first but you get your rhythm and there you go all right well congratulations thanks i i now expect to be called axe champion um not going to happen, is it? Not for me.
1: <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> um, well, a big day for you, Scott, which is good because uh, not much exciting happened out in Leduc, Alberta with the Canada Cup of curling. Two blowouts in Leduc Oof. starting this afternoon with uh, Brendan Boncher falling 12-4 to to John Epping in that game. And it, you know, I, I tweeted this uh, tonight during the game, but I, it got it got
0: late early, man. It really did. Ooh, did it ever. Did it I think like it must have all started when uh, Darren molding's shoe somehow broke. <laughs> yeah. and it, did it become the responsibility then of the ice maker to fix his shoe? I didn't really understand that. Yeah, that was really strange. So Darren molding's right
1: shoe basically broke, and they had to get him a different shoe. Uh, And it got to the point where after the 8th end, he couldn't wear that shoe anymore. He went and got his running shoe to play the ninth end. Russ was very concerned about this, uh, that it would affect his performance, which was weird in a 9-4 game, but (laughs) very strange situation. Yeah, I I didn't realize that, I, I mean, okay. My shoe, my right shoe currently, right now that I play in, is more duct tape than shoe. Yes. Right now. So my initial thought was just throw some duct tape on it and you'll be fine.
0: Well, you can't put duct tape on the bottom of your gripper shoe. Well, I certainly have that on mine right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Well, yeah, it also sort of reminded me of Derek. Derek. Who plays with uh, with Team Moser there at the Rideau Curling Club, he he has mentioned that he can put his toe through the bottom of his shoe. Yes. So, uh, But but at the same time, Sean, why is it up to the ice maker to replace Darren Moulding's shoe? Why yeah, doesn't Darren Moulding have a spare?
1: It, yeah, that, that's a very good point. It, it really should be the player's responsibility. And honestly, we could have
0: gone and just grabbed his running shoe at the start of the game. I guess, but but like, I, I think it's it's a competition where everybody knows the rules. Do you think it would have been unfair for curling Canada to say, "Hey, uh, you guys got to play with three until you can fix your shoe"? Yeah, I do think that would have been unfair. You do? Yeah, because it wasn't the slide shoe. So, but. It, <laughs> Like so, so, <laughs> what, so is it is it the umpire's job to fix uh, the the glove of the catcher whose glove broke? No, it's no. it's
1: no, it's not. But I I don't I I think who is in position to repair a shoe? Who who at the location is in position to do that? And I think you can make a case that the ice maker is the best one to do that, and that the officials are there. To know what will work on the ice and what won't damage the ice it's it's different from the comparison you make of a catcher's glove where if you have somebody out there with a shoe that isn't good or is potentially dirty or there's something up with that shoe that damages the surface for everybody so having an official ensure that he's wearing a shoe that won't do damage i think that is a worthwhile use of the officials in the ice makers time
0: Okay, uh, I see your point there. I see your point. I think maybe Team Botcher will uh, decide that a coach might be a good thing to have. Somebody who carries, you know, some extra shoes. Like they, they got a good, a good Ashram sponsorship. They they should probably, hey, here's an extra pair of shoe for shoes for everyone.
1: Yeah, and, and they have a situation where yeah, they've never brought anybody to anything except for Gunner mm-hmm. to the trials in 2017. But there's enough examples now of people bringing individuals as coaches who aren't really there as coaches coaches at all to take care of some of the periphery things or the peripheral things that come up in these events that you just need to be taken care of. So having someone like that would probably help the team. Also having somebody, Scott, perhaps to scout rocks might be useful for Brandon Botcher's team after what happened today.
0: Yeah, they... Now, these rocks were new. they have been used at a mixed doubles event before, but were new in comparison to the Briar or the Scotty's rocks that have been used in the past. Yeah. So, you know, I think everybody was trying to get get the rocks scouted based on this event, and it seems like they just picked poorly.
1: Yeah, so what they did, they were, they were throwing yellow, and they had the option to pick any rocks they wanted, as did John Epping's team throwing red, and... Brendan Botcher's team selected the entire set of Yellowstones from Shide. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, they had not played as the Yellowstones on Shide. They were only on Shide once during the round robin, and they played Kevin Cooey. Kevin Cooey, of course, won that game. And Team Cooey threw 91% throwing the Yellow Rocks in that game. And it made me think, Scott, how did the Yellow Rocks perform... Over the course of the week. Ah. Because if they didn't throw them in at all, right, and the game that they played on sheet A, they lost with the team throwing 91%, I wonder if that skewed anything in their head. So I went through, and I got the numbers. Give them to me. So on sheet A, over the course of the week, there was no game on sheet A on Wednesday morning, but mm-hmm. there was a game on sheet A every other draw. So eight games total. Small sample size, sure, but let's go with this. Yellow went two and six. Whoa. Two Dude, and six? Two wow two and six. Yellow was outscored forty to thirty in those eight games. The skips in those eight games threw seventy six percent. The team throwing yellow threw eighty one percent. Overall for the week, the skips, both men and women, threw eighty point seven excuse me, um, they threw 77%, the 807 is the male skips. So the skips threw 77% for the week. The team's overall percentage for the whole week was 8135 So in both cases, the Yellowstones on Sheet A performed a tick below the averages for both the skips and the team as a whole. Okay. About a third of a percentage point for the teams, a full percentage point for the skips. That's not Hmm. a huge difference, but if you look at the male skips over the course of the week, the difference between the best percentage and the worst percentage is like 7%. So, again, if these were established stones that these guys had played with at a variety of events in the past, it would be different. But new stones, uh, I, I would love if somebody in the scrum afterwards asked them what they were thinking and how yeah. they came to this decision. But at least on the broad statistics, there was no real reason to select those stones, given that they hadn't played with them.
0: Yeah, that's really strange to me. That The only thing I can think, Sean, is that maybe they've got an eye forward and not in this event, and they wanted to get a game with those stones under their belts and thought, hey, we're pretty good. We could probably win anyway. I mean that's insane, but but that's the only thing I can think of.
1: Maybe and and uh, sorry I, I misspoke too. The difference Brad Gushu, or sorry for the team overall, it was a five percent difference. Brad Gushu's team was mm. the top eighty six percent. Glenn Howard worst at eighty one percent. So a five percent difference overall for the teams in the shooting percentage for the men. Five percentage on the skips as well. Kevin Koe and Matt Dunstone first at 83. Brad Jacobs last at 78. So one percentage point in the mm. overall performance could actually mean something over the course of the week.
0: Over the course of the week, yeah. But uh, whew, yeah, to throw some stones you've never thrown before in in a semifinal, you got to have a really good reason why you pick them.
1: Right. And I would love for somebody to have asked that question, which, uh, as far as I can tell, did not happen.
0: Okay. Maybe we can do it.
1: Yeah, we'll ask him when we're at the Briar, if he's there. Hey, remember <laughs> the semifinal of the Canada Cup? I bet if we tweet at Darren Molding, he'd tell us. Yeah, they probably would, actually. Uh Darren Molding is pretty good at that. So uh, so that was that was interesting. Overall, though, if you're looking at that game, the k- couple key things happen, obviously. Uh, the first is the four in the third end. Brendan Botcher, in both of his shots there, Scott, he was facing three at the time that he threw. And yes. I thought in both cases that, you know, you're they're up one nothing at the time. Hit, maybe you can roll and get a mistake from John Epping. Both shots he played really aggressively, and he allowed for the four. Uh, it just struck me as they, they, they totally got out of a jam with two great shots. Darren and Brendan made great shots in the second end to force the blank. But in the third end, they were trying that bailout draw this time. Didn't make either of them. I was sitting here thinking throw a hit, maybe you get a roll and if not, it's only 3 and then you're down 2. They by by playing the draw, they opened the door for the bigger end for mm-hmm. John Epping.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about oh, why are they doing this? And you know, Brendan the the, the first mistake happened in the first end, right? They were trying to blank. Yeah. And his his rock overcurled and and held on for that point. So maybe he was thinking, "Oh, okay, I I don't want to I I want to try my draw here instead of the hit." You know, it's the same path. I think that they threw the draw to the button um for that draw in the second they were trying to get in behind and came up light. So I that might be a good reason why, but like you say, it's 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 pretty crazy how bad they played considering how good a team they are.
1: Yeah, they're just way off uh, all day. Uh, I mean, and, their numbers came up in the second half. But again, when we talk about percentages and not really meaning much, the game mm-hmm. was over after the fourth end.
0: And, and you know, like they, they were just out of it. And you can't blame it really on the ice because John Epping, you know, played well enough to score those points, right? Yeah. So, like, it, it's not like as if both teams were playing on ice that was tough to read. So, yeah, it's really, really... Incredible, like the look on Brendan Botcher's face after he missed the draw in the third end came up light again. The look on his face—he just looked like a lost, lost little kid or something. Yeah, he really right? did. He was sort of like, "Oh, whoa, 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 what's happening here?" Yeah. Now, to their credit, you know, they kept going and they seemed like they were having fun later in the game. You know, they realized it was over, but they were laughing a bit, and you know, Darren Molding made a few jokes and. Yep so good on them and they kept playing as well like they were trying yeah so like like you said the other day when you're upset at the team shaking at 7 they didn't shake even after the 8th then when i think they were allowed to but they played 9 yeah uh, so yeah good good effort after the fact but just really really incredible that they could look so bad
1: yeah and in in terms of the shaking yeah you see the difference there between what brad jacobs did on friday and brendan botcher did today where as soon as team jacobs was out of it and the Kui result or the Kui game went final that their shoulders just slumped and they just lost any interest and wanted to get out of there as soon as possible at least brandon botcher and that team as you said they were still out there they were trying they were still looking at angles trying mm-hmm. to do their best so all credit to them for that uh, after what was a just a nightmare first half of the game for them, and I mean, on a, just a personal note, I had settled in to watch, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the third end, I was like, okay, four though, they can still come back, and then the he comes up short on the draw against four in the fourth end, it's a steal of four. And on a, just a personal note, I was like, "What am I going to do for the next two hours?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, Sean. I I had uh, carved out that time as well, but uh, I I was also I'm going to re-caulk my bathtub, so I went into the bathroom and started you know chiseling away the old the old caulking.
1: There you go. So something
0: productive. It, you know, I was doing something productive at least. Yeah.
1: So uh, so a 12-4 final that sets up. A final tomorrow night, John Epping against Kevin Cooey. Going into this game, you got to expect that Kevin Cooey is the favorite. He probably would have been the favorite against Brendan Botcher, too, but maybe not as much of a favorite. Uh, But John Epping, his team, they've played really well all week. Not as well as Kevin Cooey, of course. But uh, the thing with John Epping is he can go out there today, throw a 93% game, and he could just as easily throw you know, 70 tomorrow, like John Epping, even today when he's playing well, he has a tendency to fishtail sometimes Yeah, when he's coming out of the hack, you'll notice, and that, I think, leads to some of the inconsistency we see from him, but if the group is playing well, and you saw it today with Brett Lang, or Brent Lang, excuse me, a, a couple of times where early in the game he comes down, and, and they mentioned on the broadcast, he's that voice of reason because one of the things that John Eppin has gotten in trouble for in the past in his games, trying to play those hero shots and trying to get maybe overly aggressive at times. And Brent Lang has really calmed him down uh, a bit. So we'll see what happens. This is going to be, obviously, I think their biggest game since the team has formed. We'll see how they come out and perform. I'm really interested to see how Ryan Fry reacts in this game, what his approach is, what his attitude is. Obviously, his track record speaks for itself. And it'll be interesting to see this team under the bright lights of a big final.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun to watch, I think. Uh, I'm expecting a good game here. I was expecting a good one today, so anything could happen. But uh, tomorrow night, bright lights. let's uh, Let's see a real good contest. That's what I'd like to see.
1: Yes. So we'll move on then to the women's final, which will take place tomorrow afternoon. That is going to be... Rachel Homan against Tracy flurry after Tracy flurry comes out and blows the doors off of Chelsea Carey, winning nine to four in a game that wasn't as close as a five point difference. Scott.
0: No, Sean, can you explain to me? I was, I was still at ax throwing when the first end started and I asked the coach to put the game on uh, the TV for us yeah, so we could watch. And, uh, I don't know. my My attention was not fully on the game. I'll say because you know safety first and all that. I would hope but, so. But but uh, I thought that they were playing for a blank, and then I look up and I said, "Whoa, Ch- Tracy Flory just got three. What happened? Can you tell me what happened?" Yeah, Chelsea Carey missed. Oh boy.
1: Like that, it, it was basically that simple. It, it wasn't. I don't think it was a case so much that they were playing for the blank. They were playing to keep the option open. For a potential blank, right? Okay, and it uh, just got to the point where on her last, uh, Chelsea Carey just missed, and it gave Tracy Fleury the opportunity to to crack the early three.
0: Okay, yeah, it it was, seemed like it sort of came out of nowhere. They were then in control the rest of the game. I I sort of questioned some of the things that Chelsea Carey was doing to try to come back. There was a, I think it was in the sixth. Then they had double corner guards and and Liz Fife. I think she flashed two peels uh, in the game.
1: It was definitely one in that end.
0: Yeah, because I think there was one she ticked in the end before. And it was just like she had double corner guards with another red one behind. Now, they didn't have hammer, but I thought she would just like try and pile a couple more in behind those double guards, split the house. I, I guess she put up the center guard, was trying... You know, trying to get a steal going, but then it was set it up for a nice double peel, which uh, was made nicely by uh, by Selena. And you know, then then what do you do? I don't know. Well, in the sixth end, Joseph Carey did have the hammer. Okay, it must have been the seventh end then that I'm thinking about. Okay. So they, yeah, it just seemed like some odd strategic uh, discussion, like decisions and stuff, and. I guess once you get down, you're trying to take more risks, but it just didn't seem really necessary.
1: Yeah, and some of the misses were bad, just execution-wise. Like, in the first end, what opens up the door for that three is Chelsea Carey comes up way short of the house on a draw. And then we see, I think it was the fourth end, maybe it was the fifth end, she comes deep with a draw Mm
0: -hmm. against
1: three to cut down to only a steal of one. And those are the mistakes that I, I, I th- you can talk about whether or not she played the right strategy, but those are execution mistakes sure. and, and have nothing to do with the strategy at all. So it, it was a case where Chelsea Carey really did struggle with the ice. There was a point in the game where she she said uh, to, uh, to Sarah in the house that, you know, if we're coming the other way, I would put the broom here. It was like I would put the broom for like six feet. On this side I have no idea. And that's the sort of thing that you don't mm-hmm. hear Chelsea Carey say very often that, you know, she is so focused out there, which we talked about before, that mm-hmm. she is one of the better ice readers in the world, and she to see her confused and to not have a, a beat on what the ice was doing is always surprising. And and on the other side, the Flurry team didn't really talk about the ice that much.
0: Yeah, I mean I guess they didn't really have to because they kind of got it. So yeah, it was just broom down, let's go. It is something that he, I remember when we went to the trials finals, Sean, and I uh, relayed this story to my axe throwing friend, and uh, you you said if Chelsea Carey doesn't get two in the first end, the game's over. Yep. And when I looked up and I saw three points for Flurry in the first end, I thought the game's over. I I don't know like Chelsea Carey obviously last year in the Scotties final was resilient and came back from a pretty large deficit. Yep. But nobody expected it, right? No. And it's it's not sort of something she's known for is hanging in there and then clawing it out at the end.
1: No. So she has to go and hide I think. And I think that's what she wants to do too is I mean she's not Jennifer Jones, Rachel Holman who will junk it up. Right, no. Right. She no. wants to ease into the game, get a bit of a lead, keep it clear for herself, win at the end. That's her strategy. And there's nothing wrong with that, certainly. But when she gets behind, that has been traditionally when she struggled. And even that Scotty's final, I mean what we talked about at the time, and I still kind of feel this way, that said a lot more about the way Rachel Holman played in the second half of that game than Chelsea Carey.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, when when she goes down early in a game it it's a struggle for her, for sure
0: yeah yeah and you know like like you say that might have said more about Rachel Holman in the Scotty's final and uh tonight Tracy Fleury wasn't cooperating you know no they I were mean, making their she, shot she tried as as much yeah they <laughs> had that shot for three right in the seventh end yeah 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 and and she missed it uh, still got one at, but at that point it's okay but to, yeah, you'd like to see it a bit crisper yeah. uh, on that sort of shot. Yeah, I mean, if you crack that, then the eighth end
1: becomes maybe more fun for both teams just to play it. Uh, but yeah, yeah you're, I mean, you're up six to two, and even scoring one is fine, as they said on the broadcast repeatedly. But uh, you crack three there, and the game is over, over, as opposed over. to just being over. Right, 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 and the subtle difference there. But, so, uh, so think, what are you the, look,
0: looking for in the? Uh, in the women's final then I'm I'm curious to see how this
1: goes with this team Uh, that you know just like what we're going to see with John Eppie, the first time that this team together is going to be in a bright light big event final I know they just won the Grand Slam in North Bay but there's a different level to this there's a little more pressure given the stakes that there's there's just more on the line here so it'll be fun to see how they react we certainly know how team Homan reacts in big finals so
0: usually they win. Yeah, they're really
1: good. Yeah. So so this will be a lot of fun to see how how they come out. Mostly, yeah, I think... most and mostly Tracy Flurry. The other three have played in a Scotties final before, so they have that experience there. Tracy Flurry, this will be probably the biggest game of her life.
0: Yeah, I think so. And if this is if this is the team that clinches that trials berth, yeah. Right now, I think that takes a huge amount of pressure off them for the next year and a half, and they're really going to be feeling good and and able to play a schedule that's challenging, but not have to go out and earn points just to get there. Yep.
1: Yeah, and the number of points, too, that they'll get, I mean, they're, they're pretty ensconced in terms of the, the World Curling Tour rankings and all that stuff and the Order of Merit, but in terms of grand slam entries that kind of stuff like they they're fine. Oh yeah, so yeah. So th- they don't have to run and chase early in the season for points, you know, those late August and through September, early October before Thanksgiving events. They could really take a lot easier next season.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So the, the other thing I wanted to mention that they said this on the broadcast and I noticed it throughout the week that Tracy Flurry doesn't have a back swing or like an up motion in the hack. Like she gets into the hack in the high position. So, normally, if you're in the hack, you're sort of sitting there, you're crouching, and you'll sort of come back with the rock, hips up a bit, and then you'll kick out. She starts with the hips up and just, just moves forward. And this I thought was really interesting because if I could equate it to a baseball swing. When I've been playing softball and stuff and people have asked about tips for hitting, one of the things I always say is try and have as few moving parts as possible because the fewer moving parts you have, the more or the easier it is to replicate the motion. Mm -hmm. And for Tracy Flurry, if you don't have any sort of up or or, or sort of backward momentum before kicking out, if you're just starting high – That is reducing the amount of motion, perhaps making it easier to replicate the kick each time. And I'm curious to see if her success with this will carry over and more people start
0: to do this. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I feel like I've seen some of maybe a European curler does this uh, where they get in the hack sort of already ready to go and just push out from there. I know I've seen it before, but I can't remember remember which player it is, or even whether it's a man or a woman, to be honest. Uh, I, I just I've seen it before, but you're right, it's not very common. And if you can simplify your delivery in any way, that would be a good way to do it. And because Tracy Fleury is so small, you know, it it's not like she's starting really, really high if she's starting in, in the up position. So she's still able to get like get down pretty easily and get close to the ice, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. It, no, it does. And and the thing that sort of <laughs> over time, if this catches on, we're eliminating everything. It used to be, you'd pick the rock up off the ice and then yeah. move forward. And now then it was just sort of the Kevin Cooey little like tip it over like you were pouring a teapot out and then that started to go away and then it was just come back a little bit to get your hips up. If it starts if, if you start teaching now, just start with your hips up and kick out. It'd be a pretty big change.
0: Oh yeah, big time It, it would be a revolution in the sport I'd say.
1: yeah, but it, it does seem to make sense because you can start completely lined up with the broom and just kick and go right? And Mm -hmm. and again, the the fewer movements you have, the less likely it is that you'll be thrown off course or or something goes wrong in that process. So uh, just an interesting note there, certainly as helped Tracy Fleury this year, uh, their record that they posted against Canadian teams is ridiculous over the course of the season. So uh, a very strong performance for this team.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So so, Sean, I see that we've been speaking now for almost half an hour about two of the most boring games that we've ever watched. <laughs> so, uh, what are we going to do tomorrow if the games are good? We're gonna have to go. Uh, have to go will be like an hour. Oh boy, go end by end or something. I don't know,
1: but uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited for the the two finals. I think going into the week, obviously, based on my picks, I did not think that this would be. The matchup for the two finals, but based on the week thus far, you know you could quibble certainly and say that a Botchakuli final would give us the two best men's teams over the course of the week. But certainly, there's no argument on the women's side that the two best teams this week, right over the course of the last four days, that the two teams that have played the best are there.
0: Yeah, that's right, Sean. That's right. Do you want to quickly go over our picks? Not really, because I did very poorly well we both picked kui to make the playoffs the sure. other two the other two we don't have to talk about and then uh, i have holman winning okay and uh, you have holman in the playoffs and yeah. again the other the other two we don't have to really talk about so right i, I still got a chance to uh, beat you yes
1: you you certainly do and uh, so we'll see how it goes because we were tied going into this right scott uh
0: yes i believe we were <laughs> Eleven, all that's right. Yeah, so uh,
1: so well then, I'm rooting for Tracy Flurry then.
0: Okay, okay. I'm, I'm just, rooting for Rachel Pat. Holman,
1: and uh, and in the night game, I just hope we get a good one. I'm,
0: mm-hmm. root, I'm rooting mm-hmm. for the story. You're like a columnist, right?
1: That's right. No yeah. cheering on the press uh, press box.
0: <laughs> rooting for the story.
1: That's right. So all right. Uh, so uh, the finals tomorrow, if you're not aware, two Eastern. For the women's final and seven Eastern for the men's final.
0: Yeah, a little bit better times than uh, than we've been getting, eh?
1: I didn't mind today actually. The four and nine uh, Eastern time, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I guess I got a lot done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nine Eastern on a Sunday would be a little tougher, certainly. Uh, but I enjoyed the four today.
0: Yeah, the four was good. I agree. Yeah, So, so, uh, so are you coming over?
1: Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll pop by for uh, certainly the women's final, and All right. uh, we'll we'll see if it's a good match or not. Sounds good. So uh, so everyone check it out. We'll be back with you tomorrow night to talk about the finals, and uh, maybe we'll even look ahead because God, there's a Grand Slam this week.
0: Yeah, I saw. I sort of heard that and went, "What the hell? This yes. week? I thought it was the week after." But so, so boy.
1: yeah, so everyone gets to go from Leduc, Alberta to conception bay newfoundland uh how many direct flights do you think there are there from uh, leduc to conception bay or even edmonton to st john's
0: yeah i don't think there's any
1: yeah and i'm sure brad gushu uh, has lobbied for it repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> to get those sliced. uh but yeah we maybe we'll look forward to uh, to the grand slam as well but we will certainly be with you tomorrow night to talk about the final of the canada cup and we'll talk about the teams who have won a bunch of money berths in the 2021 canadian olympic curling trials and what this means going forward and Hopefully we get to great games. So be sure to subscribe to the show if you have not yet to be able to follow along with that. We'll be tweeting, of course, through the course of the day at Game of Stones Pod. Certainly we might even get on the Instagram for Game of Stones Pod as well. And Scott, we should note, too, that Ryan from Rocks Across the Pond, he fulfilled his obligation on the bad beer bet, claims that simpler times isn't that bad.
0: I yeah, think he he's 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 definitely he's definitely wrong. I mean, well, he did tell me like he, he drinks Coors Light as like a regular beer, which right. is pretty, pretty insane. I mean, it's fine for like softball. But uh, yeah, I, and he did say, oh, maybe I'll make this a river beer. Yes. And I, I mean, uh, yeah, go, going down to the river. With a six pack of simpler times, so I guess that's fun for for some people.
1: Well, didn't he say that for him the river beer was that they all bring what they think is the worst beer?
0: Yeah, that's and, right.
1: And try to try to do that. So it's certainly in that category. But as he mentioned, and, and if if you don't, if you have no idea what we're talking about, we made the bet, of course, with Rocks Across the Pond for the European Championships, which we won on our picks. And we made them drink bad beer. And for Ryan, who's based in Virginia, we made him drink Simpler Times, which is a Trader Joe's house beer and a beer that Scott has described as the worst thing that has ever been in his mouth.
0: Yeah, he did say that. It's uh... a weird way to phrase that <laughs> phrasing. Um,
1: but so so we had him drink that and and he did it on Instagram Live tonight. And I'm glad he did it when he did it, because. I was kind of bored with the curling game, so I was able to, to watch that for five minutes. Uh, but go to Rocks Across the Pond on their Twitter feed, just at, Rocks, or at curling Podcast, and you can see the video of him literally pouring it out and, and drinking it. Uh, so he, he did mention, though, that perhaps we should have gone with an ice, something ice. Yeah. Which When he said that,
0: bad. I was like, yeah, that's,
1: that's probably what we should have done.
0: Well, we'll know better for next time now. Yeah, because we are going to win next year again. Fingers crossed. Ryan's had a rough weekend with uh, Virginia Tech losing yesterday. So, uh, you know, we'll take it easy on him. Well, it's it's a long weekend.
1: I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, definitely check that out on Twitter and uh, a lot of fun stuff going on on Twitter with the Canada Cup. I, I love when the curling community comes out for these big events is a lot of fun uh, on the social media so uh, definitely follow along with everything that's going on out there we'll be along the ride with you Uh, and certainly if you have any questions or comments for the show you can email us at game of stones podcast at gmail.com so we'll be back with you tomorrow night for a full recap of the finals enjoying the games tomorrow everybody and until we talk to you tomorrow keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern
0: Make the final...